1972, when I was just nine years old, my mom passed away. My mom was a very quiet person, but in her quietness, she said a lot. And even without saying a word, my mom had a way of getting her point across. She could simply say the word, boy, a certain way. And I knew it meant, boy, if you don't get your so-and-so over there and do what I said. See, I could relate without my mom having to translate. My mom could communicate without having any need for anyone to translate. And on this Mother's Day 2015, today's message is titled, What Language Do You Speak? It's Mother's Day 2015 and my mom has been gone for 43 years. And today's message is titled, What Language Do You Speak? In the book of 2 Timothy, Apostle Paul in his training to pass along the apostolic torch to Timothy, taught and told Timothy many things. But in chapter 4, verse 5, Apostle Paul specifically explains to Timothy, his son in the ministry, to do the work of an evangelist. Do the work of an evangelist. And I know many people, especially mothers, many mothers who have communicated and translated and related and advocated on my behalf all throughout my life, especially when I was a youth and lost my mom to cancer. Uh, but I know many women, many mothers, who had a, such a profound and vital impact in my life that all of them could be considered evangelists because they advocated for me on this level and that level and in this area and that area and they opened this door and that door and so all of them could consider to be an evangelist at some form and in some way and at some level but the one thing that I want to focus on today is the language that they spoke so today's lesson it's titled, What Language Do You Speak? Greetings, brothers and sisters. I'm Pastor Keith. And welcome to another episode of A Pastor's Passion. Being an evangelist takes work. And while that's certainly true, in order to be effective at evangelizing and witnessing to other people, you should, at the very least, speak the language that they speak. But how do you evangelize or witness to people that speak other languages? And how do you say God or Jesus or the Holy Spirit in another language? How do you go into all the world to preach and teach the gospel to all nations if you do not speak the language of the people in the place that you are going? How can you teach people 
what it is you want them or need them to learn if you speak one language and they speak another. Have you ever thought about how to evangelize or witness to other people when you do not speak the same language that they do? In the past 10 years, especially throughout the United States, an influx of people who do not speak English have, has literally all but been at the forefront of the news and at the forefront of communities and rebuilding communities all throughout the, the land. And the need to evangelize and witness to them is becoming even greater as we get closer to the end time. But how do you witness to or evangelize to people who do not speak the same language that you do? And before I answer that question, let me ask a couple of questions. In your church, do you wait until someone who speaks that other language joins your church, if they ever will, before you can go out and evangelize and witness to those who do not speak the language that is primarily English in your church? Do you wait until someone joins your church who can translate or speak another language before you go out and evangelize and witness to people who need Jesus the most? Or do you just take the stand and say, that's not something we can do, and you don't go out and try and evangelize or witness to them at all? But I know from experience that there are many things that you can do. Number one, you can learn. You can learn to say a few basic words in order to be able to go out and hand out tracts and, and Bible study and other material and books and things of that nature. These are tracts that I've written and we'll get into them later. But number one is you can learn how to say a few basic words that will allow you to be able to go out and hand out tracts and Bibles in other languages to people who do not speak your language. You can learn to say basic things such as God bless you and Jesus loves you and praise the Lord and Jesus is Lord or even hallelujah. But whatever you learn to say, be sure that you are prepared to follow through on that because there are often times when I've been out there witnessing and evangelizing to other people where they will immediately respond back to me after I hand them something that I want them to read or something to see or an invitation to church or an invitation to Bible study, they will immediately respond back to me as if I speak the language. And again, I'll get into the tracks later, but the tracks that you hand out should be in the language of the people that you are going to evangelize and witness to it. I'll get to that in a few minutes. Languages identify us more than our clothes or our intelligence or our finance or our faith or even our family. And if you take a simple test and close your eyes, you can't see clothes or you can't see intelligence and you can't see finance and you can't see faith and you can't see family. But even with your eyes closed, you can still hear what someone is saying. Languages identify us beyond what the eyes can see. 
And the Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. So you can hear the Word of God without ever having to see the Word of God. And the Bible says, he who has ears, let him hear what the Spirit is saying. Now on the subject of languages, many people get caught up thinking that all you're talking about is English and Spanish and French and Italian and Greek and, and all the languages and most times and many times that they are. People are thinking in, in that context in, in terms of the dialect within those particular languages. But that's not what I'm talking about today. This message, this lesson is titled, What Language Do You Speak? Because if profanity is your preferred language, let me show you how to speak in a language of praise. Or if negativity is your preferred language, let me show you how to turn that around and start speaking life instead of death. Or if fear is your preferred language, then let me show you how to turn that around so that you can start speaking in the language of faith. Or if doubt is your preferred language, then let me show you how to flip that around so that you can start speaking in the language of deliverance. The Bible says that lying is the devil's language. Jesus himself said that the devil has been a liar from the beginning and lying is his preferred language because that's all he knows. So when you speak any other language, especially the truth, the devil cannot understand it. Because right now if I started speaking Spanish or French or Italian or Greek to you, you probably, unless you have studied it and have it within you, could not understand it. The same is true for the devil who speaks lies. When you speak the truth, lying is a language, the truth is a language. When the devil speaks a lie and you speak the truth, he can't even understand it. Now don't get me wrong, the devil knows the truth. Because he was in heaven from the very beginning when God created him. So the devil knows the truth, but he chooses to speak the language of lying. And there's a big difference. There are languages called English and Spanish and French and Italian and Greek and so on and so on, but profanity is a language. Fear is a language. Doubt is a language. Lying is a language. Negativity is a language, all its own. And just like I said earlier, my mother, today is Mother's Day, 2015, my mom, who passed away when I was nine years old, had a language of her own. She was able to communicate without anybody having to translate. She got her point across without even saying a word. Brothers and sisters, love should be your preferred language but you need to know how to spread it and share it with others so that your language catches on and everybody else is able to relate to it and understand it. Each of us needs to know how to spread and how to share the love of God that He gives to us with others 
so that it breaks off of us like a branch and takes root inside of them. And then it grows and matures and it gets watered and God gives the increase so that it becomes effective enough to where it spreads and God gets all the glory. In order for us to communicate with God, Jesus and the Holy Spirit, we need to speak the right language. In order for us to communicate with God, Jesus and the Holy Spirit, we need to speak the right language. When you go into prayer, you might want to say, what's up Jesus, my dog? But you wouldn't be speaking the right language. Or when you are doing something as simple as greeting another person. A lot of people grow up saying the word hello. But I tell people all the time that hell is not a greeting. It's a grave. The word hello is not a greeting. The word hell is a grave. Hell is a grave. So you should not be using it to say anything when you greet anyone. Speaking the language of the street is not the right way to greet. And isn't it amazing that the word hell speaks to that which is under our feet. But the word high speaks to that which is in the sky. Satan is very slick. He's very subtle, but he's very slick. He's been having people speak the word hello for centuries, for a long, long time. And ever since I first started thinking about it and wondering about why am I saying the word hell to greet somebody, when all I have to do is say the word hi, and it flips that around and gives it a totally opposite connotation, puts it in a whole new context. And that's something that you should think about. Language identifies us more than the eyes can see. And the Bible has a ton of things to say for how we should communicate with one another. The Bible says speak to each other with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. The Bible also says speak to those things that be not as though they were. The Bible says let your yes mean yes and your no mean no. And it also says to bridle your tongue. And the Bible goes on to say that if we speak in the tongues of men and of angels and have not love, that we are nothing but a noisy gong and a clanging cymbal. And one of my all-time favorites, the Bible says that death and life is in the power of the tongue. So what language do you speak? Today's message is about what language do you speak? When I was a kid, I heard the words shut up, the two words shut up so much that I began acting like those words said I should do. Whenever I was around this particular sibling of mine, in order to keep them from saying those two words to me, I simply kept my mouth shut. 
I learned how to relate and how to communicate without saying a word. And those words taught me how to communicate without having to say a word. Have you ever been to a grocery store or to a department store and heard or saw someone yelling at a child? Have you ever been to a grocery store or a department store where you saw or heard someone yelling at a child? That's a form of communication that can sow discord and destruction into the life of that child and if they are not careful it can literally damage that child for the rest of their lives but the Bible says the Bible is very clear it says that you will reap what you sow it may not be today or even tomorrow but at some point along the way when that child grows up you whoever yelling at that child Whoever you saw yelling at that child is going to reap what they sowed into the life of that child. The language that that person you see or hear sowing into that child at that point, if they're yelling at that child, will reap a harvest at some point in the future. And it's up to that person who's sowing into the life of that child on whether or not it's going to be a good harvest or a bad one. So the language that you speak in any situation is vitally important because what you put out, what you sow, can certainly affect the lives of others, but most importantly that it will circle around and eventually make its way back to you. Language is how we communicate with each other, and even typing a text or sending an email or typing or sending an email by text on our phones sends out words. It sows words into the person that we are sending them to without us ever having to open our mouths to say anything. Texts and emails speak words that you never open your mouth to say. So you have to be very careful what you sow or what you send because you can't get it back and what you sow and what you send will eventually reap a harvest at some point in the future when I was a kid and probably when you were too I heard our parents come up with all kinds of sayings because their parents and their parents parents and so on and so on down the line uh, would come up with these sayings that oftentimes were absolutely not true. One of the ones that always stuck out to me was sticks and stones may break my bones, but words can never hurt me. And again, sayings that are really absolutely not true because words can hurt you until and unless you are mature enough to get past it and ignore what people are saying to you and let it roll off or, or bounce off your shoulder without it affecting you. But we see in the news all the time where words hurt other people. We see in the news all the time where words have been the cause and the root
cause behind bullying and we see in the news all the time where words have caused someone to take their own life and we see in the news all the time where words have and are the source of the reason that someone goes into a school and murders masses of people. Words can hurt you. So again, when I was a kid I heard all these kinds of strange sayings and never really paid attention to them until I became an adult and started to really break down and listen to what it was they were saying. Sticks and stones, yes they can hurt your bones, but words can also hurt you. And words can indeed hurt you, especially if you don't use them in the right context, such as when you're sending or texting or sending an email, you have to be careful. Because you may mean one thing, but they may read it as another, and you may wish to convey one thing, but they may take it as another. And your text or your email may look one way, but they may see it as another. In the Christian faith, we believe that speaking in tongues is another language and it is another form of communication. And just like any other language, unless you have an interpreter or someone to translate, the Bible says you cannot understand it. And just like any other language, without translation you cannot understand the communication. When someone is speaking in tongues, you may be able to tell if they're happy or if they're hurting, but without an interpreter or a translator, you cannot understand the communication that's going on between them and God within the Spirit. And evangelizing to someone who doesn't speak the same language as you is not much different. Evangelizing to another nation simply requires translation. There are many ways to evangelize and witness to other people even if you don't speak the same language. So when God gives you or your church the assignment to go out and evangelize or witness to other people, it doesn't mean witness to the people that you already know or witness to the people who already speak your language. He said go into all the world, preach and teach the gospel to all nations. That means nations that do not speak your language. That means people that do not speak your language. That means cultures that do not speak your language. It means also to help those who, have, who are lost, who fell, who have fallen from the faith and who have left the faith. It means to go back and try and pull them back in and engraft them back in. But you have to speak the language. And when God gives you an assignment, you or your church an assignment to go out and preach and teach the gospel to another culture or another people or another nation, it means very simply that you, it's your responsibility to ask God to give you someone to do the translation. I mentioned earlier that a lot of times when I'm out and I'm using these, these tracks to go out and ride the bus or, or I get on the bus and I take these tracks and I use them, a lot of times I will translate them using free translators all across the internet, I will translate them into other languages and give them out on the buses and the trains. And I know that all it takes is for me to open that door and God will send someone to, to water the seed that I've planted and then God will give the increase. 
So all you have to do is take the evangelism and the witnessing as the seed that you go out and plant into the lives of other people and let God worry about sending someone else to water so that he can give the increase. If you're a church or if you're an individual within your own ministry and you're part of a church, take the tracts that are in your church or take some scriptures and take the small cards and have someone translate those into other languages and start with Spanish and start with French or start with whatever language that it is. Take and have those translated into whatever language it is that you have been given to go and witness to. In the numerous books I've written, in the numerous books I've been blessed to be able to write, I know that in order for me to have them read in any language other than English, I have to hire a translator in order to translate them into that other language. And in the numerous classes that I've taught on various subjects, I typically take the material and put it online in English, but I know from experience that I typically have to be ready to translate that into other languages if somebody sends me an email asking for that material to use in their own class to be translated into another language. So evangelizing and witnessing to other people who do not speak the same language as you is not as difficult as you may think. As with anything you've ever had to do in your entire life, you simply had to learn how to do it. And you could go all the way back to your infancy, long before your childhood, uh, you didn't come out speaking English, you came out speaking another language. You came out speaking the language that babies know how to speak, babies garble, and they know how to speak that language by default. But they had to learn how to speak English. They had to go to school, they had to study, they had to learn the ABCs and the alphabet. They had to learn how to speak English. The same is true for us. When we want to go learn another language, we have to go to school, we have to study, we have to learn or get any of the software programs out there, but we have to learn through the process of learning how to speak another language. It just doesn't happen. You have to put some effort into it. And there are many ways to communicate with a person that does not speak the same language as you. So my question to you today is what language do you speak? Do you speak the language of fear that's stopping you from going out and witnessing and evangelizing to others who don't speak English? Do you speak doubt to yourself when it comes down to you being willing to go out and evangelize and witness to other people who do not speak English? Do you tell yourself that there's no way I can witness or evangelize to them if they can't understand me? What language do you speak? As I prepare to close, let me give you an example. Again, going back to my childhood. I was always taught the story of the little engine that could. And you've probably heard the, or read the children's book, but you've probably heard the story as well. In my childhood, I was always taught the story about the little engine that could. The little engine was a train that came up on a big, huge mountain one day. And in order for him to make it 
to the village on the other side, he had to learn how to climb up the hill. The first time he tried, he failed. He couldn't climb up the hill. He tried again the next time and he failed. He could not make it up that hill. And each and every single time he tried, he simply could not get up the courage or the faith or enough steam to make it up that hill. So one day, another train from on the other side of the hill came and stopped to see what the problem was. And the little engine started telling the other train that he just could not do what it took for him to get up that hill. So the other train simply spoke a different language by telling him, don't doubt yourself, little engine. In order for you to achieve it, you have to believe it. And the other train sped off. So the little engine started thinking about what the other train said. In order for me to achieve it, I have to believe it. Which means in order for me to achieve it, I have to believe it. In order for me to achieve it, I have to believe it. And then his language, the language that he was speaking before, I just can't make it up the hill, I can't make it up the hill, I can't make it up the hill, changed. And instead he started saying, I think I can. I think I can, I think I can. And before he knew it, he was up on the side of the mountain, he had climbed to the top of the hill, and he was already descending over the mountain that he could not climb. In order to achieve what it is you need to achieve, you have to first believe. In order to achieve it, you have to believe it. What language do you speak? Do you doubt yourself before you ever even try? Do you let fear kick in before you ever even attempt to face it? Or are you going to change the language that you speak to yourself by saying, I know I can achieve it because I believe it? Brothers and sisters, you can witness to and evangelize to other people even if you don't speak the same language simply by giving them the faith that has been given unto you. Communicate the faith that has been given unto you. Translate the faith that has been given unto you. Translate in order to communicate. Again, there are free language translators all over the internet. And typically when I do, and I've done dozens of them, typically when I do a tract, it's typically anywhere from four pages to eight pages to 12 pages, a simple tract, small booklet, whatever you want to call it. It can be smaller than this. It can be a postcard. But I typically will take this start in English and then make it available in Spanish and other languages just to be able to witness and evangelize to other people that do not speak the same language as me. Like I said before, for the last 10 to 15 years here in America, cultures are now coming to America that do not speak English. And yes, they go out and they take classes and learn through ESL and a number of other ways to speak English but English is not going to get them to heaven. What language do you speak? If you are a Christian and if you are watching and listening to this message, 
you should be speaking the language of faith in, to evangelize and witness in any and every situation, especially to those who do not understand who Jesus is. It's your responsibility as a Christian, as a follower of Christ, as a member of a church, sitting in the pews each and every single Sunday, it is your responsibility to take on the task of going out and witnessing and evangelizing to other people that do not speak the language. You already know that the end time is coming. They probably do not. You already know why it is so important that they make it to heaven, and they probably do not. You already know, so it's your responsibility once you know to go out and witness and evangelize to other people. And all you have to do is start telling them your testimony. The Bible says it is by the word of your testimony that others can be saved. Just know and just remember and always be mindful that you do not have to be afraid to go out and witness and evangelize to other people even if you don't speak the language. I see so many people in so many churches and so many committees and so many evangelism ministries that sit there and they have meetings and, and all they do is evangelize to other people inside the church. Waste. Big time waste. And that's not to say that those other people in the church don't need it. But if you stay within those walls, right along with the other Christians, with, with you and the other Christians, what about the people that are outside the walls, people that need to be saved? You have to break down those walls, step outside, step outside of your fear, step outside of your comfort zone, and go out and witness and evangelize to other people who don't speak the same language as you. Translate to communicate. And then they will be able to relate. I'm Pastor Keith, and thanks for watching another episode of A Pastor's Passion. Next week, God willing, I'm going to talk to you about how to remove all the things and stuff and even people out of your life so that you can get to your breakthrough. Again, next week, God willing, the message is titled, Residue Falling Off You. Don't miss it. May God bless you. And may he keep you today and always. Happy Mother's Day 2015. Happy Mother's Day. In Jesus' name, amen.